And what is going on, you guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Tentacle Bop Podcast. I'm Matt. I'm Gabe. And we are back with another episode. And Gabe, why don't you give us a rundown of what we're reviewing today? Uh, this week, we are going to be discussing the new Beartooth record called Below. It was released on the 25th of June of 2021 off of Red Bull Records. And uh, we have the, the lineup of Caleb Shomo on lead vocals uh, and all studio instruments. Ashi, I'm going to mispronounce this one, Ashi Bichar. Uh, on bass and backing vocals, Connor Dennis on drums and backing vocals, Zach Houston lead guitar and backing vo- vocals, and Will Dealey on rhythm guitar. Matt, why don't you go ahead and tell me about your first impressions on this one? So honestly, the first thing I thought of is, the, the first question that came to mind listening to this is, is 2014 Beartooth back? <laughs> is this something that I plan to come back to? And the answer to both of those questions Yes. Yes. Th- this is the bear tooth that I wanted after disgusting. Mm-hmm. Like I, full disclosure, I went so hard in disgusting. Like for the the period of like from 2011 to about 2014, I was obsessed with bear tooth. Yeah. Um. Like right before they got signed on to Red Bull and just had been re- they had just released a, a set myself on fire. Like I just went ham on bear tooth, and so. This album, like it, just feels like a, a a healthy continuation of that album, plus a mixture of everything that they've done to make them successful so far. Right over the past six, seven, eight years, however long it's been at this point. Yeah, and I know um, my first introduction. I was kind of in a similar boat with you. Is there was a point where as soon as I I discovered bear discovered Beartooth, is I was just locked in. Um, my first introduction was I have a problem when they first released <laughs> it on the <laughs> sick EP. And then Disgusting came out. I saw them back-to-back years at Warp Tour, and I was like, I love this band. And it was 2013, 2015, 2016-ish. And then their follow-up record, Aggressive, um, it had a song or two that was good, but it's just yeah, the, I the, never the really... The singles off of it were great, just yeah. like the singles were off of uh, whatever the next one was. I think it was Disease. Yes, that's correct. Um, yeah, the singles off of that, like they were decent. Mm-hmm. It just it didn't really manage to click everything. But like this one feels like the healthy continuation. Oh, 100%. Absolutely. And um, just since we're talking about Bare Teeth Live real quick, I just wanted to bring up the, the first time that I saw them live um, was uh, they were opening up for, um, it was the the Word Alive and a Memphis Mayfire show that I went Ooh. to. And um, so opening up at first was a Skylight Drive, which they put on a cool show. Mm-hmm. And then they had announced that Bare Tooth wasn't going to be able to play due to a, a later revival late arrival having some vehicle issues and whatnot and um the band hands like houses gave up half their set for them so they could get up on stage and play a few songs and so that's just kind of my plug of how dope the dudes and hands like houses are yeah and also it was just a, an awesome time getting uh getting the chance to see bear tooth in that format because at that point it was it, it, it was it was just chaos it was so in the moment, and yeah, I feel like it was the most raw version of Beartooth that I could have seen, and I feel like that was the best introduction that I could have gotten yeah. from them in a live environment. Yeah, and, and honestly, it, it, like, it, it, it emulated everything that Bear, the, the original Beartooth record had had given me, mm-hmm. and I feel like this it brought a little piece of that back yeah. to me. Yeah, and and you you hit the nail right on the head. Is the see it really? That's what Beartooth is. It's just raw aggression, raw unkempt aggression. And that's really what the big appeal to them was. And, um, you know, musically is that they're without a doubt, they're a metalcore band and they have those aspects of like radio rock that were kind of brought in, especially during like the aggressive and disease eras. 
But there's where a lot of other metalcore bands that we've talked about have typically been more on the metal influence is Beartooth really pulls a lot more from the hardcore side. Is mm-hmm. It's got a lot more of the punk in it. Very much um, so. And that was made very apparent to me. Um, and that's what really separated them from everybody else the first time I heard them. Absolutely. And then musically with this album too, like we see them shift a little bit more towards that metal side of things mm-hmm. where it's a little bit more just a, a groovier, uh, heavier, but they still like hold true to their punk roots. But in this one, like, it's not all just fast guitar riffs and skank beats. Like it was actual grooves and, mm-hmm. and, and like, well, they still had the elements of that kind of stuff. Like they threw in elements of blast beats and elements of radio rock and just like little stuff I like that. Blast beats. Yes. <laughs> yes. Matt, we know you love, <laughs> yes, we if know. there is two things that this podcast has taught us that you love Courtney LaPlante and you love blast beats. <laughs> <laughs> um, Fair. Yeah. It, it, but this album just like, it had a healthy offering of, everything that they had done and everything that they plan to do. And I feel like this is a really good, we always talk about how healthy evolution is for a band. I feel like this is what would we would consider uh, the healthiest evolution from a band going into this. Like Mm -hmm. obviously they had aggressive and disease and they're in between, which they weren't bad records, but they weren't amazing records. And I feel like this finally was kind of their, their cut through outside of that where the, the Red Bull influence was a little bit too much on them. And, they were kind of let go and let to do their own thing throughout the pandemic. And I I feel like they really delivered. Yeah. And honestly, the other thing, and I was actually kind of surprised when I had seen it is that Caleb Shomo, um, he's, he, he does everything in the studio and I was completely shocked by that. But, um, you see really the, the evolution of him. Um, and you, you see that he's able to, and he kind of breaks this down, um, you know, here in the lyrics, is he explains this record, quote, covers the dark side of dealing with mental strain during the last year. I gave it all I had musically and lyrically. Is it too dark? Possibly. But it was as honest as I could be about how I felt, um, end quote. And you really see how he's just getting all of that aggression off of his chest and just let it, you know, getting it all out. Um, it's made very apparent in this record and again, musically and lyrically. Yeah. And I feel like just to kind of keep on the Caleb Shoma hype train here real mm-hmm. quick. Um, Caleb has been touring since he was like 15, 16. He, start, he started an right. attack attack when he was 15 or 16, somewhere in there. And I mean, he's, a couple years older than us. Yeah, sounds about and right. And so being able to watch him evolve and grow from Attack Attack, from his time just as the the keyboard and electronic artist, to his time as the vocalist for Attack Attack, and then leading into Beartooth and his success with Beartooth, like it's been really interesting and really neat to see his evolution mm-hmm. and his musical style through that. And he he's being even asked if he's going to incorporate more electronics elements like he had in attack attack. And he's like, no, I have my time with that, but this is what this is. I, I don't want to incorporate that kind of stuff with it yeah. because that's not what this project is for me. So, um, kind of on the attack attack train, did you know that Caleb Shomo was, did a vocal feature on the band Bill Murray with Johnny Frank, um, who was formerly of attack attack. You want to know what the name of the song's called? Oh Lord. Bill, so just before you answer this, I I know nothing about Bill Murray other than Mm. the fact that they are just the most perfect version of what I would consider chaotic neutral. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Go ahead. It's called Thick Thickly. (laughs) 
<laughs> so for for those who are unfamiliar, um, one of the first really big songs for Attack Attack is called Stick Stickly. Um, so Johnny Frank and Caleb Shomo were both in Attack Attack at the same time for a number of years. Um, so it's kind of a callback to um, to that song. And honestly, Caleb Shomo's feature on it is actually the funniest thing I think I've heard all year. Um, I definitely recommend it. <laughs> Cool. Well, uh, before we uh, keep going, um, what about the uh, lyrical impressions? How did uh, how did you feel about the lyrics on the record? You know, and again, kind of going based off of that quote, is he hit? Um, he really hit it on the head. And just looking at a couple of the lines, like um, the opening line of the song "Skin" uh, is, "I've been sleeping on the floor of my closet again, wishing hopelessness is something I might beat in the end." Um, also, listen to the chorus of "Skin." And then there's also from I Won't Give It Up, pulling away from my emotions now, feeling a change in my devotion now. Um, it's made very clear that this is not that this is not a happy record at all. Oh, yeah. um, and you and you just look through each song and it's just like, bro, are you good? Like, and, and, <laughs> you, you know, and, and we, we've we've made that comment a couple of times, but I was also looking at. Um, he did an, uh, Caleb Shoma did an interview with alternative press. Um, I couldn't tell you when it was exactly. Um, but he had also, he, Caleb had brought up, um, that since he left attack attack is he's been in a much better mental state, oh, yeah. um, is he dealt with very crippling depression and anxiety. Um, and it was just really, really bad. Um, and especially with the, the pandemic is, um, a little bit of what I had seen is he was just like, there was, it was not, it was not an easy time for him. Um, and I mean, again, just, I've been sleeping on the floor of my closet again. Like it, that paints a very strong picture of mm -hmm. like how he was able to, able to try and deal with it. Yeah, absolutely. Like. Beartooth never been really known for elaborate lyrics, but they always get their message across, and there's no question about what mm -hmm. it is. Um, you always know how Caleb was feeling at the time that he was writing the lyrics for these songs and past records, and they relate extremely well to their audience, which just makes them such a powerhouse in the scene. Yeah, It's just one of those things where they manage to connect extremely well with the, the folks that are fans of their music and the folks that will be in the audience at the shows, mm -hmm. and they... they capitalize on that beautifully like yeah. obviously i mean especially with the way that the scene is now i mean the scene's filled with people that are you're in my age and caleb being of that same age like it just it kind of fits really perfectly and so i feel like he has kind of like a uh, an unspoken um advantage really yeah. uh into the scene where he's able to kind of write these kind of songs and, and connect with his audience a little bit better and he's able to write from these experiences that the younger fans are starting to come into now that they're having to go through these terrible times of life. Mm -hmm. And so it, it, I feel like he's just kind of in a unique position to be able to take, take control of that. Yeah. And it's funny you kind of brought that up is, you know, kind of the, the age that we're at, especially with some of the artists that we, you know, we kind of grew up with is there are some of the really big names in the metalcore scene that are, you know, our age and a little bit older and they've been around for, 10, 15 years. I mean, Caleb Shomo has been around for a number of years between Attack Attack and Beartooth. Um, the Devil Wears Prada has been around since 2005, and they're probably like early, mid-30s. Um, Bless the Fall has been around since about 2006. Um, Whitechapel's been around about 2006. So a lot mm -hmm. of these bands that we grew up listening to is they're, you know, coming into, you know, the, unfortunately, being old. 
Um, and so, you know, being able to, (laughs) (laughs) excuse me, as I put on my new balance and mow my lawn, um, But we, you know, we've, as we've grown older and as well as growing older with these bands is we've seen the evolution of them as individuals, their sound. Um, and, the, you know, again, it's just as you were kind of bringing up um, and the, the relation that they have to us because, you know, they're they're growing older with us. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I definitely agree with you on that. Uh, and then finally, before we jump into the track by track, let's talk about the album art a little bit. Uh, so the album art features the Grim Reaper or a Ghost Rider kind of figure on the front, breaking out of a graveyard on a uh, on, on a motorcycle. Mm-hmm. The handlebars are made of snakes. Um, it's got the logo right there on the front where the headlight would be, and uh, it's all black and purple. It definitely gives the impression of coming out from below. Yeah, <laughs> no, and yeah, I mean it's. And once we get to the actual track by track, is it starts with the song below and it, you know, it, it definitely gives the impression of darkness of hell um, and kind of emerging from that. Um, so I think it's kind of, you know, in a, in a dark way um, is able to convey the message that we're going to see throughout the record, but also provides a sort of positive light. Um, and I had actually seen, and I can't remember the source of it, but somebody had said about Beartooth is they're basically, the band that pretty much is the sound of a nervous breakdown, but enough positivity to kind of get you through it, <laughs> which I, I've kind of read it and I yep. was like, I hate to say it, but it's accurate. Um, and I think, I think this album cover really, it's, it kind of explain or really portrays that in a, in a strong light. Before listening to this record, I heard somebody call this album edgy bowling alley music. And I haven't been able to get that out of my head. And while I really like this record, it's edgy bowling alley, bowling alley music. <laughs> so if you, taint, th- if you taint this record for me, <laughs> I will fight. <laughs> so with that being said, let's go ahead and jump into track by track. And we'll start off with the song, the title track, Below. Uh, Matt, how are you feeling on this one? So this song, and we've only seen, we've seen this happen a couple of times on the podcast, but this one just comes screaming in right out the gate and it sets a really strong expectation for what we're going to expect. And it also shows the ability that Beartooth has to be heavy and be able to be heavy well. Absolutely. The, um, like just... Like you said, right out the gate, like it's it's hitting hard. Um, it's just noise, feedback guitars, Velcro fuzz effects. Like you know, this is going to be a bare tooth record in the first four seconds. Then the main riff comes in and just lays waste to the land. It, it, Caleb's shrieks over the intro and verse are just indicative of the darkness and uh, of the lyrics and the feeling of the song. Like mm-hmm. all the way through, it's just you can feel the pain and you can just feel basically the anxiety attack that's yeah. going on <laughs> and, and the thing is the thing that was nice about this song is it was a familiar heavy um you know again familiar like the 2014 era Beartooth, but it also implied the evolution because it was a different kind of heavy and it kind of going back to what you were saying is it was bringing a little bit more of the metal influence in the metal mm-hmm. core as opposed to where we had seen more of the hardcore side um, so I definitely enjoyed that um, aspect to the song for sure. Absolutely. Um, followed up is we do have Devastation, which was our first introduction to the record back when this um, track was premiered March 18th of 2021 on YouTube. Um, and we actually did a hidden track on this one. 
Um, this one is just let no mercy whatsoever. Like Absolutely it just it not. ends below and instantly goes into devastation. And like the, this is like where you really notice the the opting for the more heavy driving heavy metal sound mm-hmm. um, with like the riffing and phrasing on the song musically. The breakdown on this song would just terrify me in the pit. <laughs> I I could I could see this being just an absolute one of those just open up this pit and just get everybody moving. But then you go into the chorus. And it just blows up in a way. So it's like, you know, you're going to have the people running the circle pit. And then as soon as the chorus hits, as everybody stops just and they start and banging their head, yep. jumping, <laughs> singing along. Um, so, like, we see the heavy. We see the ability that Caleb can really sing these soaring choruses. This song is just absolutely meant. I am hooked on this record by yep. this oh, point. Oh, for sure. The, the, the hook on this song is fantastic. And it's just a great single for the, for the mm-hmm. album. Um, this is absolutely a phenomenal like first single that they released for the oh, album. And it just it, without a doubt it absolutely just tells the story of what to expect from this record mm-hmm. and it did not disappoint us whatsoever nope not one bit following up we have the past is dead um can we just talk about how Woos is something that's in Caleb Shomo's wheelhouse and he just seems to pull it off well every time? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that was that was the first thing I really brought up and I mean it, it starts I think about a second and a half into the song, we start, you know, we start getting that, and um, this is a really good uh, change of pace. But it also has a little bit of familiarity with the the prior two, so it's not a complete departure. Yeah, it's definitely the most radio friendly song, one of the most radio friendly songs on the record. Mm-hmm. There's a, there'll be another one that I'll discuss later. Um, it's it's still a banger of a song. Like, yeah, most cases when it's the radio song on the record, like it's okay at best that's yeah that was not the case with this one like it, it was still a solid song it's one of my favorite choruses on the album without a doubt mm-hmm. and um it's just groovy and is going to be absolutely a fan favorite once they start touring again yeah i can i can agree with that and i believe this one is actually a single um it, it is I, yeah it got a music video as well mm-hmm. um i was actually able to find that oh yeah we also see him doing something different with the breakdown we see the this um happen a couple other times throughout the record where they instead of just going into an all-out brawl for a, for a breakdown they genuinely break it down and make it more of a minimalist capacity mm-hmm. which honestly kind of makes it edgier <laughs> yeah and I, it, it almost sounds as though it's like um heavier on the bass as opposed oh, yeah. to just everything else and i think you know you kind of hit it on the head it does there, there's an extra nastiness, but it's not like stank face like oh this is gross but it's like ooh, i get jiggy with this kind of mm-hmm. kind of sound with it yeah and, and one of the things too uh, just to kind of keep tooting that Caleb Shomo horn is just the fact that he also mixes the majority of the records. That's amazing. Yeah. Like he's been doing this for all the records and it, every time, like it's still one of my favorite mixes. So he, he Mm -hmm. does one of my favorite mixes. Will Putney usually does my favorite mixes. And then, um, the, uh, lead singer of a day to remember also does phenomenal. Oh, Jeremy. Yes. Thank you. Jeremy McKinnon. Because uh, he he did the mix for uh, "Life's Not Out to Get You" by Neck Deep, which is one of my favorite albums of all time, hmm. and it's you, we we kind of see this like out of those guys that were early in the scene, like they're 
doing just music, a lot of more music production yeah. now, and they're just bettering the genre for folks that are coming in afterwards and able to produce these phenomenally sound, phenomenal sounding records. Yeah, because I know um, like Jeremy McKinnon has had a pretty strong hand in like Wage War, mm-hmm. um, and I, I want to say production. Um, and I'm not sure about like mix and master, but I also believe, um, and I could be wrong is I believe Jeremy McKinnon might actually have, um, some writing credits in some of the wage war material. Um, Mm -hmm. again, I could be wrong on that. Uh, but at least from some of the things I've heard is so again, it's just, they're helping the next, the next wave of metalcore artists or just people coming into the alternative scene. Exactly. And, uh, just to be clear, this is not an excuse for the last day to remember record. It was, still terrible <laughs> jeremy mckinnon bad. do better uh, <laughs> yeah no I, I gotta agree with that uh, um, do you have anything further on the past is dead no honestly that's it but um can we talk about fed up yo this is my favorite song on the Ooh, record really absolutely it is wow like it, it it starts off slow you're not not slow but like it, it just kind of low it's it's some fed up fed up it up and then it just comes in at 11 mm. and just for three and a half minutes it is a sonic assault that is just going to take you on a ride that by the end by the end of the song when you're done banging your head you're just going to have a headache for about an hour afterwards sounds about yeah no and this this is for sure the most punk style song of the record um and it it's chaotic, but I never at any point felt icky when I listened to it. Like, I didn't feel like I needed to take a shower afterwards. <laughs> um, and I will be honest. This isn't a Cardi B record, man. Come on. <laughs> li- so listen, there's there's a, a song or two on this record that, like, literally I just was like, oh, my God. Like, I just felt gross. Like, it was just – it was gnarly, but, like, gnarly in the best way possible. Um, I honestly – this is a solid track, and it keeps me really interested in the record, um, which d- really shows that this is better than a lot of records that we've mm-hmm. reviewed th- thus far. I mean, this is song four. I've already gotten this far into this record. I already beat, you know, it's already beat Escape the Fate by a long shot. Low bar, man. <laughs> it's a really <laughs> low bar for sure. Yeah. Um, the, the, so Caleb Shomo also states in uh, an interview with Apple Music that this was written in response to kind of just being sick of lockdown, sick of the lack of shows, and just sick of everything in general. And this is just going to be so relatable for all, all the other uh, fans that they have going through this past year together. And it's just going to be another fan favorite that comes uh, with the touring support for this record. Like this is just going to be one of those songs that everybody in the audience is losing their minds to. Oh, without and a doubt. It's just going to be the whole floor is an entire pit for three and a half minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, this that's going to be a nasty one. Um, the next one, Dominate, this got my attention first time through. And honestly, <laughs> if this is a this is among my top two favorite songs of the record. Yeah, I, I also really like the song. It's very similar to Body Bag from Disgusting. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just, it's a heavy hitting song that's designed to open up a pit and not let it stop for yep. the entirety of the song. Like, yeah, no, it's heavy, it's chaos, and I'm all about it. And we know it's Matt's favorite because it has a blast beat in it. <laughs> I do, again, we do. So this is... Um, so really like we look at this, the guitar riff that opens this up, is just complete insanity. Um, and it honestly, it becomes more insane the more I listen to it. Mm -hmm. And this is, this is one of the song that like the more I tried to listen to the song or like the more I started to pick it apart is I could physically feel myself getting nervous. And it, it's just like this nervous feeling like I, I don't like it, but I like the song and I want to like listen to it more. <laughs> but I'm like, 
it, it's kind of one of those like I, I felt kind of icky. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what's really neat about this one is where we've seen a lot of songs where it'll just be heavy, 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 and then all of a sudden it's like at a at a snap is the chorus completely separates itself. The nervous feeling stuck with it with the chorus, and mm-hmm. I'm like, this is weird, but I like it. Yeah, so like this, this is where like it breaks down and goes into the chorus. Like this is the right way to do it. Like we saw this since we've already referred the day to remember record with um, last chance to dance. Mm-hmm. Like they just it comes in super heavy, and then it just stops and gets really quiet really quiet and then goes back into it like this stops gets really quiet and just has like a riff leads into the chorus and then it just goes back to 11 again but this is done right whereas a data member couldn't seem to pull that off yeah so um again jeremy do better uh but yeah (laughs) no this one and like i said the cleans you know it bring a, a sense of ease but it never completely separates from the record um, and it sh- it doesn't bring that ease enough to make me not feel dirty, and I'm not talking about dirty in the sexy way either. Like I felt, I felt like kind of, I felt kind of gross after this record. <laughs> um, now, also, that breakdown though, <sighs> dude, the breakdown is so sick, so nasty. And it's a very <clears throat> like just a stereotypical Beartooth thing at this point, where mm-hmm. they reintroduce the breakdown after the final chorus and yeah. just that's why they finish up the song and i don't care it's so good it's so good it's, it's so, so good, good. <laughs> that's a formula i can get behind exactly <laughs> um so up next we do have no return um why don't you lead us into this one um bro caleb you okay dude <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I I have to agree with that. The, the lyrics on this one are super dark, and it just it seems to be an iteration of how so many of us have felt during lockdown, mm-hmm. and just so many depressives in general. Like the, the the song's super palatable for the radio, but at the same time, like it's just it's kind of there for those who need it. Yeah, and the breakdown is also the best part of the song. The the breakdown is sick. So. Do you remember how I was when we did uh, the Era record? Yes. Um, do you remember my reaction with Lunar Halo? Yes. This is that song. Fair enough. So um, for, for clarification, for those who may not have heard that episode, is Lunar Halo on the Era self-titled record is, I as soon as I heard it, is the chorus grabbed me and I couldn't, I couldn't stop listening to the song. I literally, there would be times where I'd sit there and just, I'd turn on the record and get to that song and I'd put it on repeat for a while or I'd just start the song over and over and over <laughs> again. That was what I was doing with this song. Um, and I think this beats out Dominate just by a little bit. Um, I mean, it, as you said, it's very radio rock styled and mostly. Um, and, and then you come into the breakdown at the end and it, it has its heavy segment um and show Caleb singing on this one is like a hot knife through butter like oh, yeah. it's just so good um i really really enjoyed this one um and i like how the breakdown in this song was kind of similar to dominate um in kind of tempo and kind of the speed and everything so just all all around i a fantastic song absolutely it is i it's definitely just another one of my top songs on the mm-hmm. album 
not that I mean, it's just only like 11 top songs on the album, or something, <laughs> <laughs> basically. Um, and then from there, it jumps into the song P- Phantom Pain. Uh, Matt, how you feeling on this one? This literally, you could have probably told me that this was like it was supposed to have been released on their debut record, and I would I wouldn't have batted an eye. Like I would have completely believed it. Uh, my only thing is is. Um, you know, it, it, with this record all the way through is a fantastic record. Um, unfortunately, there's a song that has to be towards the bottom, and this is one of them. And I think it's because it follows up Dominate and No Return, which are both just absolute, fan, absolutely fantastic songs. Um, you know, it just kind of follows those up, and it, it doesn't really follow up and kind of keep the energy. So that really kind of bummed me out, uh, but it was still, still a solid song, considering the record that it's on. Yeah, on this one, like, the stripped-down verses were super groovy and just ready for the two-steppers to come out of hiding. Um, one of the heavier and darker songs on the album, and I, I'm really about it. It's like it's it's a very classic Beartooth mm-hmm. song. It's a very classic Beartooth breakdown and just destroys anything in its way. Um, it's another great song that would be done live to the great pleasure of the audience. And, yeah. like, I understand what you're saying. I don't feel the same way. I like this song a lot. That's um, fair. But, yeah, I, I understand what you're saying there. Yeah, and so the next one is, I think we, we, um, I'm actually kind of curious to hear your thoughts on this one, is Skin, um, which is probably the absolute most radio rock-styled song on the record. Definitely. So this song was a really hard pill for me to swallow when I first listened to it, Mm -hmm. but the more and more that I listened to it, the more and more I've fallen in love with the song. Okay. Um, The... It, it's really bass-centric, which is kind of interesting for a Bear 2 song, but I really like it. Like yeah. the, the bass riff throughout the entire song is super cool, and it's not my favorite on the album, but it's it's definitely moved up from the bottom, for yeah. sure. And, and it's so as I was kind of listening to it, and I discovered that this is a single and has gotten a music video, is I can understand why that is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's a really, really catchy song. Um, yeah, really simple, easy to sing catchy. along. It went, went, even like in, when I was in the period of listening to this record and I didn't like it, mm-hmm. it was still the, like, the only hook that like, just kept coming back to my mind. And then the more and more I listened to it, the more and more it just kind of grew on me. Yeah. No, and that's fair. Like and my skin grows on me. <laughs> Are you kidding me right now, dude? Uh, I, I couldn't not do that. The, uh, I just took a shower, and that joke was so gross, I need another one. <laughs> So while we move away from skin here, um, we move on to the song "Hell of It." I like this song a lot. This one, this one, I, dude, it felt like mental whiplash because it's like you, it's like oh, you know, skin, and then it's just like this song. I'm like, what is happening? Yeah, like, like it, like my brain hurt a it's little. It's just bit. a sonic onslaught that slaughters anything in its path it's another live ready song just like every other song on this record and the cloud the cloud the crowd involvement on this mm. one is just gonna hype the room to 11 yeah like oh, just, without a doubt like it's just why am i it, it just everybody's screaming just for the hell of it like the mm. whole time like it's just it's gonna make everybody kind of lose their minds we see the minimalist breakdown again, but this one also features a mean low scream from Caleb, which we don't mm. just see often. And I was yeah, we very, don't. I was very appreciative of that. Yeah, no, and, uh, this song we're we're in it to win it. Oh yeah, and 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 also we featured like a trash can snare from Saint Anger, uh, <laughs> 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 and I, I feel like this song just deserves no hold 
no holds barred breakdown, but otherwise the the song is solid and it's a great offering from the album. Like I, yeah. I would have preferred this one not be a stripped down breakdown, and I really feel like this one should have just been just straight noise. Like just, yeah, just a complete just blast. Yeah, like that. This is where the guys are just they're hitting their guitars. They're just creating harmonics that shouldn't be allowed on earth, mm-hmm. and, and those kind of things in, in true Beartooth fashion. Yeah, um, and without a doubt. But that's genuinely my only complaint on the song. Otherwise, like the song is fantastic. Yeah, and I can agree with that. So uh, the first time, the first few times I listened to it, I think it might have been just kind of in the composition and just kind of vocally how it was done. Um, reminded me a lot of out numbered by Prada yeah. um, off of the zombie EP. Um, and to be completely honest, so I like the song. I just don't know where I'd put it on my list because it's like it's got I want to put it in my favorites. But because there are songs that, you know, I would listen to first before this one is I would, do, you know, I'd put it in my least favorite. But then I would be not giving it the credit it deserves. The struggle um, of a really good record. <laughs> it, it, literally. That's exactly what this is. Um, and we are coming cl- to to the end of it. Um, and it's, I, I think it's pretty much just praise all the way through. Um, is there anything else on that song before we jump into the next one? No, um, it does go ahead and just move into the song. I won't give it up. And how are you on this one, Matt? I, I would not complain if this was brought to a set list. Um, I really enjoyed this one. Um, so, sorry, you'll just have to cut that out. I'm going to cut um, this out. <laughs> so, I like how this was very similar to Skin in kind of like the composition and kind of the sound of it. Um, but it was just kind of a lesser, it's a, a lesser version of it. Um, I did see a lot of similarities to Skin in that song, which I thought was actually really nice. This is the only song that I dislike on the album. <laughs> really? It is. It um. It's it's not bad by any means. It's just it's really repetitive and honestly just kind of boring for me. Okay. Um. Like the redeeming factors are the speed. Like I'm really glad that it's not the obligatory slow song in the record. And mm. they don't really have a slow song in the record. They don't. For, which like, is the skin th- really is the slowest song. Yeah. And uh, so like I appreciate that. And the chorus melody is really catchy, and I like the breakdown in it. But it just. I don't know. Nothing about the song catches my attention for me, and it's just going to be kind of a pass for me. Okay, and that's I can understand that. Like I can, you know, and um, you know, I do enjoy the song, and like I said, I wouldn't complain if it did see set list. Um, is it you know a song that I would you know is there songs on the record that I would probably take over this? Yeah, so I can kind of understand your feeling. Um, but if they do bring it to live shows, as I can definitely see it as kind of one of those sing along type. Um, sing-along type tracks that they would bring into the set for sure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, then the final full song that we get on the record is going to be The Answer. Um, this song feels most akin to The In Between from Disgusting. Um, it's still a good mid-tempo song for the album. I'm not really a huge fan of the repetitiveness, uh, repetitiveness again on this song, mm-hmm. but it feels less than I won't give it up. And I would have also preferred this song earlier in the record rather than kind of like a final offering. How are you on this one? It's kind of in a similar boat. Um, it, like you, you listen to it, and kind of as I said um, earlier, is if you would have told me that this was supposed to have come out with disgusting, I one hundred percent would have believed you. It just mm-hmm. feels like it was just ripped right out of that recording session. Um, it's 
it really seems to sum up the record for me, um, at least sound-wise, and just the the heaviness, the uh, you know the big choruses, the the clean singing that we see from Caleb. Mm-hmm. Um, it just kind of ties everything off, kind of in a nice bow. Um, at least before we come into the last song, um, which we may as well just get right into. Um, yeah. It's called the last riff, um, and this one is just shy of five minutes. Um, and it's an all instrumental. Um, and the weird thing about this song is the first time, first few times I heard it, and it might have been just because I didn't have, you know, full attention to the song, is I was getting Van Halen vibes. Um, and then when I actually like, I am looking at Matt weird right now. Yes. So, and so when I actually was looking back and I was like, okay, this is getting my full attention, dude. I don't know what kind of, just, I don't know what I was doing. <laughs> Um, so and when I'm going to ask you to lay off the weed or something, I I guess, (laughs) (laughs) um, but this, this song, what the, when I ended up actually like paying full attention to it is it was five seconds or I'm sorry, five minutes of just unease, like Mm -hmm. kind of similar to dominate. And it was just, it was kind of one of those things where it's just like, I felt dirty and I was like, why do I? not like where I'm at. It just that physical, just icky. Sounds like you need a therapist. Good thing we're sponsored by better <sighs> help. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. So this is the first instrumental song that we've seen from Beartooth. Um, I love this song. Yeah. It, so it's so different from the rest of the album, which tracks, for Beartooth just in the past. I mean, like, mm. in Disgusting, we saw uh, Sick and Disgusting, which was just an uneasy song. And oh, I feel like... without the, a doubt. Yeah, and then this song just mirrors that just in an instrumental form. Like, it doesn't feel like it's padding runtime. I feel like I got a full record out of the rest of the, the album, and this song is really just gravy, and I, I, just, I just appreciate it from a musical yeah. aspect. And I honestly wouldn't mind seeing more instrumental bear tooth like mm. this in the future. Yeah. And honestly, I think because of, you know, there were some of the um, aspects and I, I can't remember the songs exactly offhand, but there were some riffs where you could tell there was a, a little bit of effects going on and maybe not so much just like, you know, processing in the studio, but like um, guitar pedals and kind, you mm-hmm. know, like kind of weird techniques that they were using. Is I felt like they were br- that was brought into this song, mm-hmm. um, and definitely bringing a lot more of that stuff. Kind of like you said, I would really, I would be completely fine with having in future bear tooth material. Absolutely, but that is gonna do it with our track by track rundown of the new bear tooth record. Below Matt, on a scale of one to eight tentacles, where you at? I feel like where I rated it feels like it's giving a discredit to the record, um, but I'm putting it at a six out of eight. Um, and as I kind of was listening to this record, is it kind of brought back the joy and the kind of love I had for Beartooth back when I first started listening to him. Um, this actually also makes me want to try and revisit the last two records. I've only listened to each of those once individually. Um, so, you know, I, I really, it really brings back that love for the band that mm-hmm. I had back then. And, um, it makes me just want Warp Tour to come back so I could go see them at Warp Tour, even though it's going to be disgustingly hot out here in Arizona. Well, it's not like it's ever going to come back anyway, because Kevin Lyman just decided to stop it again. Uh, Big sad. Anyway, um, yeah, uh, I'm 
almost in agreement with you there. I, I have it rated as a seven out of eight. Okay, it's just one of those things. Like like you said there, like it brought back the same joy that second Dis- that disgusting did. And like if I were to rate that album, no, nah, I mean granted I haven't listened to it in a minute, but if I were to rate that, I'm like that's an eight out of eight for me. It, I I honestly have to put it at eight out of eight as well. Like it's just one of those, and it may be something that just kind of was a particular time in my life where it mm-hmm. just it kind of was something that was healing for me and. Um, but th- th- this album really brought back memories and the feelings of that record. And while this song, while, while this record isn't perfect, it has a few songs on there that I'm kind of iffy on. Mm-hmm. I still feel like it deserves the credit and the the strength of a good rating that it has. So that, that's why I'm putting it at a seven. Yeah, and I I think I will have to say is this song is probably number three for records that have come out this year. Um, this and it's. Song- did I say song? You did. Oh, no. I'm so-, <laughs> so this is, of all the records that we have reviewed here on the podcast, is this is number three favorite for me. Um, and it's behind the Love and Death as well as the Era records. Um, and those two set the bar really high. And this being able to come in so strong and be able to almost hit that bar, um, I mean, that just speaks volumes to how good this record is. Absolutely, it does, and it is definitely a record that I'll be coming back and to visit too. Without a very doubt, much, very soon. As well. So, uh, what we like to do um, now that we've gone through the track by track is, even if it's something a little bit um, unrelated to this record in particular, but something still related to music is our hidden track. Um, Gabe, why don't you take us off? Uh, so this week for my hidden track, I have the new single from War of Ages, No Altar. So a little background, uh, War of Ages was one of my favorite bands growing up. Mm -hmm. Um, They were just integral in the Christian metalcore scene. And honestly, they are so overlooked, it's not even fair. Like, these guys have so much talent behind them. And I mean, they're, I think, nine records deep now. Wow. And I, I genuinely could not tell you of a single bad release that they've done. Every single thing that they do is just top notch. Like vocally, instrumentally, lyrically, like everything they do is just amazing. Okay. And they they are so pigeonholed and overlooked, and I feel like it's just so disappointing to see that because they're such phenomenal musicians and so wonderfully aggressive. Mm-hmm. That being said, their new song "No Altar" is an again is just another amazing offering that this band has, and. I just I hate the fact that they're such a sleeper band because they have so much that they could offer for people in the scene. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I did get a chance to listen to this song. Um, I've only heard it once so far, but I was very impressed with what I heard. Um, and I definitely will be coming back to listen to that one. Yeah. We we see the evolution of the band like from like their first records because they they've always had this very much kind of like strength and fight of a warrior kind of vibe to their music, mm-hmm. and that's something like. It's their formula at this point, I guess, and they still hold true to that. Like you can tell, it's very much always a War of Ages song. Like it's mm-hmm. never really a question, but at the same time, they still always shake it up enough uh, to to give you something different every time. Yeah. So when you go back and listen to Eternal or Arise and Conquer, and then you go and listen to uh, Supreme Chaos or Void, you're you're gonna hear a very different sound every time, but you're still going to hear War of Ages. Okay. And I feel like that's such an integral part that we miss so much in, in bands. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, like I'm just going to be just smashing the like button on these guys because they're so underdone 
and they're so amazing and everybody needs to know about how amazing they are. <laughs> yeah. And, and like I said, is I'm super impressed with that, that song that they've put out so far. And I, it's a band that I'm definitely wanting to take a look into and just dig into their um, sound and see if it is something that, you know, I've just been sleeping on. Absolutely. What about you, Matt? What do you got this week? So this one is, um, we've actually got a new song by the band Lotus Eater. Um, and it's titled Obliterate. And it features Ollie Sykes of Bring Me the Horizon. Um, and the, the really neat thing about this is we actually see Ollie Sykes come back and do full screams again and like good Ollie Sykes screams. Mm -hmm. Um, it's nice to see that he still got it. it. It's nice to see that he still got it. And the, so with this one and this is the, so as I've referenced a couple of times here in this review is some of the songs on this have made me feel very uneasy. Um, and kind of like that nervous feeling. This is the kind of uneasy feeling I don't like. And this, I actually found that Ollie Sykes, his, him in the chorus, actually ruined the song. Um, I actually found myself not liking his voice. And it might have been because of the shouts. But I ended up finding that their, the actual Lotus Eater vocalist was the better part of it. Um, and he was really good. I like him kind of bringing in the, the low growls to kind of try and compliment Ollie Sykes. Um, but I would definitely prefer to hear a version of this song without Ollie in my personally. I'm in disagreement with you. I honestly thought it was fantastic. Mm -hmm. I see. Well, you you shun the uneasiness. I embrace it. <laughs> <laughs> this is an uneasiness. I was not a fan. I, of. <laughs> I was very much a fan. Like th th this, very much sounded just like a panic attack in the choruses. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I'm about that because music should make you feel something, regardless yeah. of what that feeling is that they're trying to get across. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. And so, if the song is designed to make me feel like I'm having a panic attack, a panic attack, like I'm absolutely about that because mm -hmm. that means. That that they managed to do what so many other artists aren't able to do. Yeah. And I, and I feel like that's something that we've lost so much. Uh, and I, I say we just humanity as a collective mm -hmm. that we've lost so much is, is trying to actually obtain that feeling in songs because we're just so desensitized to the, the filth that comes on the radio and the just trash that comes out of mainstream artists yeah. because it's not them writing their own music it's just they're handed a song and said hey use your voice sing it and they don't have a lot of real connection to these songs right and so and that's one of the many reasons that like i've just always been so involved in the hardcore metal and 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 that's why i've always been so involved in like the hardcore metal and emotional scene like it's just mm -hmm really focused around actually obtaining those feelings mm -hmm. and it's no longer just kind of this flat okay this makes me feel happy because my brain is designed to like this melody yeah it's actually trying to invoke emotion and i feel like that's something that's so lost and that's why i i'm become more and more of a fan of this song mm -hmm. and just like songs like this in general where it's it invokes an emotion whether that's anger fear panic anxiety mm -hmm. like those kind of things like there's things that are designed to be felt otherwise we wouldn't feel them yeah and i you know and you, that really went off and off on a tangent that i wasn't ready to go on well, and honestly <laughs> i'm actually kind of glad you brought it you you know kind of bring that up because even if you listen to a lot of even the bands that we we've listened to here for the podcast is 
there's a lot of the times that we really don't get those emotions and really music's supposed to be written based off of emotion, you know, like whether it be anger, sadness, um, happiness, whatever. Um, and we just don't really see that in even our own scene right now is with some bands is it's just who can write the heaviest breakdown, who can write the fastest blast beats mm -hmm. and who can hit the highest scream kind of thing. And, um, you know, who can write the catchiest chorus who can do, you know, and it, it's unfortunate because that was one of the big appeals for a lot of us. I'm sure it was for you. It was mm -hmm. for me is it, you felt something and it was just like, I actually like enjoy this because it, it speaks out to me kind yeah, of it, thing. It, it was an outlet. It was one of those things where like you needed a way to be able to filter these confusing emotions that are inside of you. Mm -hmm. And so you feel something it, when you're feeling these things and you hear something that kind of to you matches that, then that's where music begins to take its its own special kind of form, and that's yeah. where it becomes a special kind of language and why so many people today hold these things so dear to themselves, mm -hmm. regardless of how they are now or anything like that. Yeah. And that's not to say that um, any one specific thing, like the highest scream might be the, the way that they communicate their emotion, and that's yeah. okay. Like, it just should be coming from more of a place of heart and every band shouldn't just be saying, Oh, well this is our most emotional stuff yet because that just seems to be what every band is saying. They should be able to show us that it is yeah, or show us that it's the angriest show us that like, and give us like actual genuine reasoning other than the fact that, Oh yeah, we turned, we tuned our guitars down another whole step. So mm -hmm. now it's, now it's angrier. Yeah. And, and, truth and reality, some of the angriest stuff can be written in, in higher tunings. And yeah. It's just, there, there, there's a way to communicate it across. And I feel like there are still bands that are capable of doing that and that they're excelling. And the bands that are beginning to fall by the wayside are the ones that are just trying to be the best X, Y, or Z. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no. And honestly, you, that, that's really it. And, you know, unfortunately is there are those bands where, and even bands that we've seen here on the podcast is, you know, this is X, our most X material to date. And it's just, it could be heaviest, it, emotional, saddest, and, you know, what put in whatever word you want. Um, and it's just, we, we don't really feel it. And it's really unfortunate considering that some of these bands are, we've looked up to for years now. It, it's just a cliched term anymore that mm -hmm. doesn't really hold any value until it starts being shown again. Yeah. And so that's our tangent on what we had absolutely no plan on going into today. <laughs> <laughs> but that is going to wrap it up for today's podcast, guys. So we do appreciate you guys listening. Please like, rate, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, Amazon, Spotify, Podbean, and any other place that you can listen to your uh, listen to us. Um, we also have a variety of social medias that are now up and available. You can find us on Instagram, on Facebook, on TikTok, on YouTube, and uh that's all that's all the stuff. Yeah, that's it right now. Except for Twitter, but Twitter's dumb. We don't do Twitter. Yeah, we're not gonna do Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> but you can find us at Tentacle Bop on all of those. And until then, we will catch you later. See you next time.